The IoT space is, uh, as we all know, is expected to grow to 25.1 billion by 2025. What that means is that IoT will likely to have touched every aspect of our life. New rewards come from new risks, and cybersecurity of IoT devices is, is a big challenge for us. Health data is so rich with immutability that becomes so much more appetizing for a cybercriminal. What are we going to do together globally to address the problems and get to a point where we can rethink for better health care? Security is everyone's responsibility, and the responsibility starts from regulators, goes to manufacturers, from manufacturers it goes to practitioners, and practitioners could be consumers also. IEEE SA Voice shares insights and perspectives from the IEEE SA community, subject matter experts, and industry leaders that are working to raise the world standards, drive market solutions, and much more, keeping you at the forefront of technological innovation for the benefit of humanity. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 2 of the IEEE SA Rethink Health podcast series. I'm your host, Maria Palombini, and I lead the IEEE Standards Association Healthcare and Life Sciences Practice. The practice is a platform for multidisciplinary stakeholders from around the globe who are seeking to develop solutions for driving responsible adoption of new technologies and applications that will lead to more security, protection, and universal access to quality of care for all individuals. I would like to welcome today Ashish Mahajan to our discussion on how cybersecurity and connected health can be an accelerator for more innovation. So he is the non-executive director of IoT Sec Australia and he's chair of IEEE SA's IoT Ecosystem Security Industry Connections Program. So with that, Ashish, why don't you tell us about the great work you're doing at IoT Sec and then a little bit about this industry connections program you're leading at the IEEE SA. Certainly. Uh, and uh, I think, Maria, I want to start by saying the, the IoT space is, uh, as we all know, is expected to grow to 25.1 billion by 2025. And, and that could be worth of up to 26.1 billion uh, by 2027, which is the compound growth of around 19.8%. If uh, this growth we'll see in the next five to 10 years. What it means is that IoT will likely to have touched every aspect of our life, from our refrigerators to our shoes to to medical devices, uh, to automation, you know, car automation, home automation. And of course, when it comes to cybersecurity is again and remain a key issue concerning overall technology, as well as the data related activities. So while IoT uh, devices can greatly increase the productivity of our business, uh, there's an old saying that new rewards come from new risks and cybersecurity of IoT devices is, is a big challenge for us. Now, the work that we are doing with the IoT SIC uh, in partnership with IEEE is to bring the awareness across the community. Now, IoTSec is a not-for-profit organization looks at advocacy and uh, on the research initiatives uh, that helps to uh, ensure the proper awareness or the awareness of the secure practice of IoT ecosystem. And where require, we will be working with IEEE uh, SA to um, publish white paper reports, proposal for standards, guidelines, and, and probably webinars to bring awareness across our community. I know that IOTs across multiple industry domains are flourishing. It's really important uh, to call out the fact that it's not just about medical devices. There's so many devices on or around us that are not obviously specific for medical application, but still impact our overall wellness and daily lifestyles and, and things of that nature. I always say when it comes to IoT and, and security and IoT is 
the industry is too late to consider security and we are kind of catching up to embed security in some of our IoT devices and, and, and also the future IoT devices. Cyber breaches and security vulnerabilities are a major concern uh, when we think about the current state of connected health devices and obviously the trajectory for the future of mobile health. From your expertise and your experience, what do you consider to be some of the major impacts if cybersecurity and digital health space are not addressed effectively? I guess there are two folds to this question. The trajectory of future of mobile health. Now, in the past few years, there has been a cultural shift um, and a technology shift from variable focused on promoting wellness to those designed to foster real-time uh, tracking and also the uh, monitoring of patient vital signs. Now, according to a research, um, the average person is likely to generate more than 1 million gigabits of health-related uh, uh, data in the lifetime. Now, as you can tell, this technology has huge potential to not only improve health literacy, and uh, wellness levels, but also to reduce the global health bill. Now, according to one estimate, remote patient monitoring might have uh, saved nearly um, 200 billion across all conditions over the next 25 years. If you consider this, being able to remotely monitor patients in their home is a significant opportunity for caregivers and for industry alike, and most importantly, for the patients. Now, this is going to change the whole gimmicks of how patients will be treated at the hospitals and, and the remote patient care. Now, wearable technology and, and their additives are also propagating a cultural shift in how conventional drugs and therapies are formulated and delivered. If I remember correctly, 2017 saw uh, the first FDA-approved pill was package sensor for tracking patient usage. Now, that was a dramatic change in, in how uh, the patient care can be done. The other question is, is, you know, the major impact if cybersecurity challenges are not addressed in the healthcare sector. Now, see where the healthcare sector is going, where the IoT devices are going, and where the patient care is going. While IoT has opened up the door for innovation or innovative new services across industry, the adoption of the IoT system within the healthcare sector is growing. And that's why the numbers are, are, are huge. The other risk is the, the cybersecurity risk, as you said, and it, it's now among the sectors most targeted by cyber attackers uh, globally. And, and on the illegal market, the protected health information is, is more than uh, what your credit card worth. Now, the, the question is why? And, and it's due to its um, immutability, the state of not changing. The information access through health data breaches is of a particular interest to cyber criminals because your blood type doesn't change. Your personal health information contained in the in your in your medical um, file, along with the insurance and health provider information, that is not going to change. And there is a higher motivation for uh, cyber criminals for that reason to target medical databases. Now, if you if you look at the, the the most recent research in the past few uh, few years, eighty three percent of the medical imaging devices are running on unsupported operating systems. Now, I guess the question is why, and, and the answer is because the healthcare is always about saving patients' life. It is amazing how much data these devices can generate, and we thought the human genomes could generate that much data, but we seem to have uh, quite a bit of. Uh, proliferation of data, but I think it's a, a very important fact that you highlight because I think people often miss this, is that health data is so rich with immutability that becomes so much more appetizing for a cyber criminal, right? I, you know, definitely it's true. Credit card, you take it, 
gets stolen, you call your credit card company and they erase it and get you a new one, it's all fixed. But who do you call to say, you know, my blood type's been breached? Like there's just, <laughs> there is no IT help desk here. So I think it's a very, very important fact. And, you know, many have argued that regulators should be doing more. Uh, from a point of view of requiring de developers of the hardware or the software and connected devices with regards to building in more security and protecting those vulnerabilities from an engineering perspective. How do you perceive that the problem being most effectively addressed? So it's a very good question, Maria. I recall doing a presentation in 2018 where I talked about uh, that everyone has a role to play from enforcing security in IoT devices to understanding the basic security of IoT device. And I'm talking from regulators enforcing security controls that enable security in, in IoT devices to organizations and practitioners that choose to or make a conscious choice of uh, using those IoT devices. Most recently, I should say, uh, regulators have just started to consider recommendation in this fast evolving setting, moving slowly. Manufacturers are creating an incredibly variety and volume of internet-ready devices. Now, manufacturers of IoT devices should be prioritizing security by design, especially considering the potential detrimental consequences of a breach. Now, the step in the right direction, I say, and I'm going to take a couple of examples here, is the California IoT law that require manufacturers to equip the devices with, um, with the reasonable uh, security features. Regulators should enforce what needs to go bare minimum in the manufacturing of IoT devices as, as part of their uh, you know, enablement. Consumers should be able to make a conscious choice. Should they be using the IoT devices or not? Use that risk management for organizations also. You know, do you want to use the IoT device? Should we be using the IoT device? What is the consequence of using this IoT device? What if the breach happens? I think those sort of questions must be asked. The responsibility starts from uh, regulators they need to enforce goes to manufacturers. From manufacturers, it goes to practitioners, and practitioners could be consumers also. Very true. Very interesting. I think it is a all hands-on effort. One of uh, the interesting aspects is we all want to know what's going around the globe. Do you find that what you're seeing in Australia uh, differentiate from other geographic regions towards addressing this issue of the need for cybersecurity and the use of IoTs and these mobile health apps and wellness applications? See, today, uh, the consumer across the globe are taking increasingly proactive approach to manage their health and wellness, and technology is playing an important role. In One in six Australians use mobile app and wearable technology to track nutrition, um, exercise, sleep patterns, energy levels, and, and even stress. And with that number of connected wearable devices worldwide expected to grow over 1.1 billion by 2022, from a healthcare practitioner's point of view, they're now beginning to adopt these technologies for patient monitoring and to drive improved health outcomes. Not just in Australia, it's probably the trend that we see across the globe. Obviously, Australia was one of the first, uh, one <laughs> of the first regions of the world to come out with a contract tracing application, obviously, for COVID-19. We know that COVID-19 disrupted many of our norms and introduced new ideas. Some were great and some maybe not so great. I know that COVID-19 uh, contract tracing apps globally did not do well. Uh, there was a lot of concerns with them. But were there some concerns specifically in Australia, citizens about privacy and data security? Did you see any special way of addressing and mitigating it that you would like to share with our global community from that point of view? To answer that question, I'm probably going to talk about that why aren't COVID tracing app more widely used? 
as you know, with Novax and the flood of coronavirus-related apps were launched in, in the first half of um, 2020 across the globe to quarantine the infected individuals. That was the intent of that. And the true promised benefits of these contract tracing apps have not been realized to their full potential anywhere in the world. The Australian government launched the COVID Safe app, and there were clear concerns by citizens regarding trust, transparency, security, and privacy. Among that, user acceptance was the biggest challenge for many, many reasons. And if we consider uh, from a technology point of view, there was concern about the battery consumption. Now, from security and privacy, there has been or, or there was serious concerns around uh, the user data. The covid app apps are used to ask uh, users for their name, phone number, postcode, and the, and the age range before they can register with the app. The question was, okay, how well the application was tested and the data data is stored. And the next question comes, is the reliability and effectiveness of that. There is no rule for testing or approving the accuracy and reliability and effectiveness of contact tracing app. And, and at the same time, I don't think so there's anyone to be blamed. We face an unfortunate global pandemic and no one was ready for it. And everyone did what they could do. Uh, some things worked and some didn't. The one that didn't work for us, we should take that as a, as a learning for us. Any final thoughts you would like to share with our audience? Security is everyone's responsibility. And, you know, I would like everyone when they are going out in the market and buying not just the IoT device, any device, or, you know, they should look into um, understand some basics of security to make sure our community is safe and secure. I want to thank you for joining us today and sharing this wonderful insight. And I want to thank you, the audience, for tuning in. And I just want to share with you all that many of the concepts in our conversation with Ashish today are addressed in not only the IoT ecosystem security industry connections program, but we have many different industry connections program within the healthcare life science practice, uh, our work in telehealth, connectivity, accessibility, and security for all, and obviously the work we're doing in decentralized clinical trials, as well as the work we are doing in cybersecurity. And this podcast, season two, is going side by side with a full year virtual workshop series we're doing on global connected healthcare cybersecurity. Full information on that opportunity is at ieesa.io backslash cyber2021. If you want to learn more about the healthcare life science practice, get involved in any of these programs we talked about today, or you would like to instantiate a potential program, please reach out to us at ieesa.io backslash rethink. And with that, I want to wish you all to continue to stay safe and healthy and look forward to you joining us next time. On behalf of IEEE Standards Association and IEEE SA Voice, thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit standards.ieee.org. We hope you'll join us again soon.